Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to share a dear, dear friend of mine with you. Sasha Jones of Stigley Holistics NYC is in Wonderland today, and This is a person who is like a mother to me. She is one of the most nurturing, caring people I have ever met, and she's really been caring for me really since the day that we met, Um, and we met in such a serendipitous way that I think I'll, um, I'll let her tell the story that we met to begin, or we can tell it together and I can kind of interject my Um, thoughts into it too but it was just such an awesome story that we definitely want to tell you guys but but before we do let me give you a little bit of background on Sasha Jones so she is a holistic health practitioner in NYC and she's the founder of Stigley's Holistics NYC And that is an amazing brand that she's built where she believes that there are many ways of looking at wellness, that true holistic wellness is necessary for optimal healing. So for everyone to become their best selves, she really takes this holistic, all-encompassing approach. And through her worldwide cleanses and programs, she helps people investigate the food that they eat as well as their emotional relationship with food and something that she calls primary food, which we'll get into today for sure, which is really everything else that feeds your soul other than food. So your relationships, your work, your spirituality, your community, all of that. So in addition to these offerings, she's also the creator of an apocalypse apothecary where she sells amazing and I can attest to this because she sent me some and I adore them lip balms and deodorants and just amazing products that are all with made with love and non-toxic healing ingredients that I totally love and that are totally amazing so just like the stuff she makes she is packed with good stuff deep wisdom insights holistic health knowledge and I'm just so excited. She's always there for me to answer my questions. And now you're going you're gonna to get to hear that and she's going to answer some of yours. So thank you so much for um, being here with me, Sasha. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. That was the cutest introduction I think I've ever had. That was really lovely. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Lovely to be here. I am psyched. So I guess let's start, like I said, I want to tell everybody... Um, the story of how we met just because it's so freaking cute and I love it. And we really had like a soul connection um, when we met. So, so you go ahead, start telling it from your perspective and I'll, I'm sure I'll interrupt and interject. (laughs) Well, it was the weekend of the Hay House um, publishing workshop where we were learning about the ins and outs of um, getting our book to be uh, published and it was a beautiful sunny day and it was lunchtime and I headed out to drink my smoothie and I was sitting on a stoop drinking it. Madison Square Garden, I think. I think. I don't really know where I was. It was just finding a stoop. Yeah. And the restaurants around there were terrible and I knew that. So I wanted to bring something good to enjoy. And I looked up and I saw you smiling at me mm-hmm. and... Then you were like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) And then I came and sat next to you and we started chatting and, um, well, that was it really, I guess. That was it. Okay, well, let me tell my perspective of that. (laughs) So I did not know that there was nothing around there to eat. And I actually thought that like, you know, I had traveled from Michigan to this and you live in New York and... And I thought that, like, you know, okay, Chris Carr and Gabby are going to be there, so I'll just eat lunch with them. Like, whatever they're going to eat, like, I'll be fine. I'm not going to, yeah, I'll be fine. 
And my mom came with me to New York, not to the conference, but to New York. And, and she said, she's like, honey, I don't think they're going to have lunch for you there. And if they do, it's not going to be anything that you're going to eat. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't want to like bring something and then not have anything to share with other people if other people don't. And I, she, long story short, she was like, just, we're going to get something for you at Organic Avenue because you're not going to enjoy the conference if you're like starving. And so of course she was right. And so I have my little Organic Avenue. And so then lunchtime comes and I'm like walking around. And I'm like, where am I going to go to eat this? I wanted, it's not like, you know, here in Michigan, you can just sit out in the grass anywhere. There was, I wanted to be outside because it was super hot that day. Do you remember that? It was like really yeah. hot, which yeah. I love. Um, so I knew I wanted to be outside, but I didn't really know like, you know, where to go. And I, I just look, I went to this, these steps and I sat up there and I didn't really know if like, you know, I'm not from New York. I didn't know if I could or not. And then I saw another, like this cute little lady with her jar of smoothie. And that's what I would have had if I had been here and I would have had my Vitamix and could have made it myself. And so I was, you know, a little bit jealous of that. And then I sat down and, and I see her across the way and I, she had like this little, I didn't know that you were from the, um, from the conference at first, I was just like, oh, she's so cute. You know, maybe I should talk to her, but I don't know. I don't want to be weird. And then a second later, I see your little name tag from the conference, and I'm like, okay, I, I have to talk to her because she's so cute. And you were eating the smoothie the same way that I do. Of Like, you get to the end, and then you, like, want to get the – but, like, half the smoothie is still around the sides of the jar. So you're like, I got to get that, you know? So you were, like, eating it the way I would eat it. And so I, like, look at you, and I'm like, all right – I just, we, we got to say hi to each other. And so we were kind of like awkwardly like, oh, should we? And then we did. And, and then we didn't stop talking or hanging out until the end. And then she was so kind. And the next day brought us matching smoothies, which was literally the best smoothie I've had in my life because I was hungry and because it was made with such love and amazing superfoods and the best superfood of all, which is love. So... Anyways, that's how we met. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is definitely how I enjoy most of my food. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a plate licker, so it's... <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. I mean, no shame. The other day I was talking to my phone and I was like, I, it's, some days it's just one of those days where like you eat the... Um, have you ever had kale chips where like the end of the kale chips is just like crumbs, but they're like the best part? Absolutely. Yeah. So I ate the kale chips out of the bag with a spoon. No shame. It was great. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I has to be pleasure for me, and I think that you know whether it's a smoothie or whatever it is, it just really has to be about really loving it. And, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things you taught me. I think, um, you know, we'll get into all of this, and I want to kind of start from the beginning with you, but one of the things that day or the next day that you taught me that I loved was um, the blessing of sorts that you say before you eat, and one of those things is just, this is my lifeblood, and mm -hmm. I adore that, and I loved that, and I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. I love that you remember that, actually. That's really... everything you say. <laughs> um, yes, well, that came to me about 11 years ago. Um, I got sick. I um, had colitis, which is um, something that, was, that showed up in my family a lot. My dad had had it and my sister and a lot of that. And I just didn't want to go the route of uh, drugs and surgery and all of that stuff. And I knew that I didn't even have health insurance, so I really wanted to learn how to take care of myself better, and I had been pretty healthy up until that point, so it came as quite a shock to me, um, but this was really about like, okay, Jones, you got to really, really, really take care of yourself, so um, I, I went to um, meet with a herbalist and a naturopath and just um, one of the, one of, I, f I forget even what the initial food was that was introduced to me, that, but um, Whenever I had that, I said to myself, this is my lifeblood. This is my healing food. And I just visualized that food going in and nourishing and healing and repairing and kissing my colon. And, well, I haven't been sick in eight, nine years, so it definitely worked. And I really like to think about food that way of just like kind of visualizing it, what it's doing for me in a loving way on the inside as well. I'm so glad that you told that again because I just love it so much. So 
I, I was going to have you start kind of telling your story, and I think you sort of all already started and, and how you got into to wellness and holistic wellness. And so was it your illness? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think that's one of the starting points. I think, you know, in many ways I could, I really think that my, it all started when I was very young. I was really interested in plants and my grandparents uh, lived on a farm and I spent um, summers with them and my aunt, my other grandmother, um, I, I had, I was about eight years old and I had a, a wart on my knee and she had this weed that was growing in their garden and we called it wart weed and the milk from that like made the wart go away and and then I would so make cool. rose rose petal water and stuff and I was just kind of into that on on some level and then as I moved to New York first of all I kind of just let all that stuff slip away but um I was a vegetarian since I was 18 and and I don't know I was sort of along the way kind of quite interested in in all of this stuff called health but when I did get sick, I think that just like highlighted it for me and magnified how much we can do for ourselves. And we don't have to rely on this system of, um, oh, you know, just, just the medical system. It has a very important place and it's amazing. And I have uh, no, by no means mean to knock it. But I knew that I needed to look after myself from a, from a, on an everyday level and so it started that with for th- that with myself, and then I really wanted to help other people, which I'd been kind of doing all along. But then I needed to make it more formal and official by going to study, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so I think there were lots of lots of little um, ways along the way that brought me to to what I'm doing now. But that was definitely one of the big ones for sure. Yeah. So you said that you kind of like lost it a bit when you moved to New York City. So what brought you to New York and um, what kept you and then what kind of brought you back into health once you were there? Um, well, I came when I was 20 and that was a long time ago. <laughs> and I came here for one year to be an au pair and live with a family. And to be honest, you know, I, I, I said, you know, lots of stuff went out the window when I moved to New York. And that's that's true in a different way of just living in a city. But I also lived with this amazing family. And they were really into talking about things that were going wrong. And I'd come over from Britain and we didn't really do that so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in a way, that was very much a, you know, a beginning and a learning about like how talking about things and getting things out of your system is uh, really healthy. Um, but I think I just also just lived quite, I mean, I was so excited by the the refillable coffee cup when I first moved here. It was just this amazing, profound thing. And, um, you know, just giant meal portions and things like that at first were just, oh, I mean, it was, I don't know, it just, that's just how everybody seemed to live. And that was the late 80s and, um yeah, it was so exciting and so different from my life back home. And um, so I kind of just took it all in, absorbed it all. And um, But, you know, then on the other hand, like I started getting back into the healthy stuff because we have a beautiful farmer's market here and we, ca- we have really great herbal shops and health food stores and really good grocery shops. So it's a funny place in that regard, you know, this city. You can... Um, you could be really healthy or you could be really not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that since the 80s, too, that that's really – even not even since the 80s. I mean, in the last five, ten years, it's – and you can speak to this much more than I, but I think in New York, and it's kind of starting there and trickling to other areas, you know, where I am now and, and beyond. But, um, you know, there's kind of this wellness movement where the access – ability is so much greater to these types of things have you kind of watched that over time since you first moved to the city oh absolutely it's it's been amazing and I would say that probably in the last eight years it's it's changed dramatically it was um I remember probably about eight years ago I think I was um I was doing some farmers market tours I was showing people around the market and telling them 
you know, what about seasonal food and stuff like that. And it was really, I didn't know anybody else who was doing that then. And then it seemed within a year that that was happening. Every day I would see all these groups of people walking around. <laughs> and so definitely when I first uh, got sick um, 11 years ago, and one of the first things I knew I needed to do was go gluten-free. Well, there weren't gluten-free places everywhere, that's for sure. And there weren't like gluten-free options in the supermarket. And now you really can't walk a block without seeing the sign gluten-free <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. You know? so, so definitely things have really changed globally, for sure. Um, so it, you can't even really compare 1988 with now in, in that regard. But, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's awesome. And, and I, I hope it happens more. And I love that New York City is kind of the epicenter of that and you know in other areas it's it's trickling down you know like where I live there there's not you know it's, it's still tough to find a gluten-free menu you know so it's yeah it's cool to see that that's starting and that you know people are it's happening you know yeah yeah well it's interesting when I go to Britain even in the smaller places where my mum lives and stuff, you'll see a gluten-free section in the baked aisles and things like that, which is quite amazing. So I'm always always really impressed that see, it seems to have gone over the whole country over there. So, so hopefully that will happen here too. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, you know, the other thing you mentioned about the contrast between Britain and, and here with, you know, not talking about your problems and not really – talking about, you know, what's going on or how you're feeling. And that was something that you really, I didn't know that that was the case, you know, and, and my friend's um, addictive daughter that they were on my podcast. Um, yes, I remember. And they were so great. And, and they really brought that up with me also that, you know, they're really starting a movement over there of, mm -hmm. of you know, people like, like you and I, you know, we're into Hay House, we're into all this stuff, but that was very different than what you came from. Can you talk about your experience of kind of finding um, self-development and spirituality in your life? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. Well, for, for, I'll go back to living with that family because, you know, I moved in with them when I was 20 and I'd lived by myself for three years already by that point. So I thought I was really mature and grown up and everything and that, that – suddenly there were these people who I had to be accountable to. That was really interesting. And every Sunday we sat down and had a family meeting. And it was excruciatingly painful for me at that time. And it was really simple stuff. But, you know, they they could tell so much about me that I had never said with words. And mm -hmm. because they were very intelligent and lovely and um, thoughtful and kind and took the time. And they just would ask me all these questions that I'd squirmed answering. And, um, but at the same time, they planted seeds in me. And it wasn't long before that that I realized I was actually really into it. And a few years later after that, I started um, seeing a therapist, uh, which they had recommended, you know, all uh, in the beginning. And that was really incredible for me. It opened up so much. I'd always been a diary writer my whole life, and so I put everything down with, um, you know, the written word. So it wasn't like everything was completely stuck inside of me, but speaking was a whole different thing, and it's still something I struggle with sometimes, but um, I'm certainly a uh, hundred times better than I was 25 years ago. So <clears throat> Super cool. So they sound awesome. Are you still um, friends with them? Do you still yeah. talk to them? Sure. They are amazing. They they live in California now, so I really don't see them. But they, um, I'm in touch. And the little girl who was 15 months old when I moved here is now a really beautiful young woman starting her own gardening business. And they're just just lovely. Some of the loveliest people I've ever met. Mm, so. I love that. We should go <laughs> visit them together in California. Yeah, <laughs> we want to see them. They're so lovely. Mm, yeah, I love that. So. Let's get into some concepts here. So let's talk primary food and why that's so important. Yeah, well, primary food, um, that is something I learned about when I was studying at the Integrative Nutrition School. And it just was one of the things that made most sense to me when I was there. Um, so primary food, as you mentioned in the introduction, is um, very much about soul food and everything else that feeds you that isn't the food you put in your mouth and chew and digest, which we refer to as secondary food. 
And um, there are so many examples of that that just makes so much sense, like thinking about playing as a child. And whenever I think of that image, I think of like there used to be um, a college with a big grassy hill behind our house growing up. And um, we would roll down that hill and run back up and roll back down and play in the stream and all this stuff. And food, the secondary food stuff, just really was never on our minds. We ate. We ate three meals a day. But we came in when we were called. We weren't, like, thinking about food all the time. Because our primary food, play and all that stuff, was very rich. Filling you up. Yeah, just filling us up. And... I think what happens a lot in um, in adulthood is that we lose that sense of play um, or we haven't grasped a sense of spirituality or we don't love our jobs or whatever it might be. And so we're unsatiated in our being, but we don't really recognize that necessarily. And so we eat food, secondary food. Um, so the the concept being that if you can really fill yourself up on nourishing primary food, you're more likely, less likely to be grabbing for the um, the secondary food snacks that are just around and stuff. So um, how I'll start off with thinking about that is if you think about cravings and in that in the moment of having a craving, like first of all, have a glass of water, then say, am I really hungry? And then start to think like, what am I actually really hungry for? So if there's a sweet craving, for example, um, Maybe you need more sweetness in your life. Maybe you just need a nap. Maybe you just need to take a walk. There are so many things that could actually be the true calling of that craving. And so it's a really cool thing to check in with, um, you know, just generally, like all day long, every day. But especially if you're not feeling so good or if you would like to release some weight or, or, you know, whatever that might be. So primary food is the first thing to look at, I think. Mm-hmm. when looking at wellness so yeah absolutely I think for me um I just recently was thinking about this so um I got an early birthday present last week I didn't tell you this or maybe I did but my mom um gave me a rebounder a little trampoline and I'm like obsessed with it I love it and it's um it's really brought me back to my childhood because I grew up with having a huge trampoline in my backyard and I would go out there with my little radio and I would just be out there for hours and hours jumping and listening to, you know, 90s top 40 hits on my trampoline and I loved every second of it and I I was thinking about that, you know, today like today I was on the rebounder and it was great, but I was thinking like, okay, what am I going to have for breakfast and what am I doing later and all these things and like I never once thought about food when I was younger and it it just didn't cross my mind it just wasn't an issue and um you know I think I can really like think of the exact moment that it became on my mind you know I think it was after high school at the beginning of college when I was on my own and making all my choices on my own and um and it's like something shifted and it was like all I cared about you know and so it was all I got I was so into this world and I think that that's something that people Um, and myself included very much, you know, really focusing on primary food more. And I think that will just help the other things. I really think so. I love the idea of you on the trampoline. And I just think it would be so wonderful to be able to be fully present and fully there, right? It's uh, I also loved trampolining growing up. And this past, uh, well, almost, well, gosh, over a year ago now, I was visiting my sister and her two little boys in Australia. And they have a trampoline in the back garden. And the minute I woke up, pretty much, they were like, come on the trampoline. And so I would jump with them every single day, many, many times a day. And being with those little boys, I was back with them in that full sense of joy. And my primary food needs were being so fully met. And I felt like I did when I was little. And, mm-hmm. and then I would go out there on my own and jump. And it was fun and good, but it, I still was thinking about like, well, what do I have to do next? And you know? yeah. so it's very interesting. Like we uh, we kind of lose that somewhere along the line, but it's lovely when you can reconnect with it. So yeah, I think we just have to consciously 
focus on reconnecting with it, you know? And, and before, as a kid, we didn't have to think about it. It just happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I guess with that, you know, there there are things to cleanse and, and things for balancing. So maybe we could talk a bit about cleansing and, and why it's important, and, and but also, like, the balance between cleansing and building in your life, depending on where you are. Yeah, um, I run these cleanses, um, and it's funny because in some ways I, d- I never even want to actually call them cleanses, except that's just a word that people understand. And it is it is a cleanse. But when people first start thinking about a cleanse, they start to think about the master cleanse or the three-day juice cleanse or deprivation really is what comes to mind. And the cleanses I run are really not that I like that at all. Um, and so for me, a cleanse is more about eating clean food and getting into some rituals and um, just checking in with self so it's put putting the spotlight on ourselves for three weeks and that could be exclusively primary food based if you know if somebody was interested in that or it could just be drinking a glass of water every day that surprisingly lots of people don't start the day with water I know you do and um, probably most of the people listening do but um, most people I meet who um who want to change their health, hadn't even thought that that could be the first thing you put in your mouth, <laughs> in your body. So um, uh, so with the cleanses that I run, we start off with a warm-up week, and that's weaning off of coffee and sugar and bread and those things that are, you know, we become addicted to. And then it's very much about clean food. And we do, we do, I do give people the option for going a little bit deeper, having a few liquid fasting days, which is more about juices and broths and things like that. Um, But my cleanses are very very much about being a springboard into just going off and um, on your own and having taken a lot of these things with you. So it's not so much about like we're having this chunk of time where we're just not eating much and not, you know, only drinking juice. And then you go back to normal because I think that that way people usually tend to go back to where they were before and that's not, that's not really very helpful or healthy. So yeah. I definitely think there's a place for, um, like for real cleansing. I definitely do. And, um, but I'm more interested in just sort of bringing people to a place of understanding what foods are clean foods and what foods are really stimulating or don't make you feel good. And, and so I'm kind of asking people to check in by journaling and et cetera and talking to the community about how you feel. So a couple of people have given up coffee forever because they hadn't really associated that with not good sleep, even though, you know, it, most people know that coffee is, is stimulant, but that people tend to think if you have it at eight o'clock in the morning, it wouldn't be affecting your sleep. And so things like that. So it's just asking people to be really kind of present with themselves for a nice chunk of time. So you can really say like, oh, wow, that really doesn't work for me. Or this really does work for me. Or I feel really good when I do this and that and this. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of things that, you know, I want to latch on to there. I mean, the first is that you're really, you know, like putting that mirror up in their face to just have that awareness, right? Which I think for a lot of people is the first step. And also for a lot of people, you know, you're giving them like the excuse or the reason for self-care. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is super crucial as well because, you know, a lot of people don't have the they say they don't have the time or they don't really allow themselves. They're so busy taking care of other people that um, this really allows them to, to take care of themselves and at least tune in with themselves. And um, so I just think it's a great gift that, that you give people. That's um, the, the thing that you just said then is what I, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a bit of a cliche at this point, but the whole idea of putting the oxygen mask on oneself first yeah. and it is a cliche. However, it's something that, that, a lot of women don't do, they just don't do whether they have children or they, whatever it might be, even people without kids, they, they seem to look after other people first. And it's, um, you know, it's time to put that oxygen mask on, 
tends to oneself and then you can be the best sister, mother, daughter, friend, whatever it might be in the world if yes. you've the time to be looking after yourself and it's not selfish it's not like it's it's not self-indulgent it's just life it's life and it's necessary and yeah, yeah. you can't give what you don't already have I yeah think that's that's a big one yeah so for this is a perfect segue so in your life what is one non-negotiable self-care action that that you do for yourself frequently Mm, narrowing it down <laughs> uh, well for sure that that giant glass of water when I first wake up that's absolutely non-negotiable it's a uh, a lot of my morning rituals are that way um but definitely that that morning hydration is it's so crucial I just can't even imagine that I didn't always do that in my life um um, let me see. There are so many, but you just asked for one. <laughs> well, that's good because you know um, you know what question's coming because you listen to this um, this podcast. So I ask everyone their morning routines and maybe you know the top three or four first couple of things you do when you wake up and um, how it affects how the rest of your day goes. And which is funny because I remember actually asking you this. You know, when we first met, because it is, it truly is my favorite question to just ask people, you know, not only just on the podcast, but I just love that. Like, it just gives me a glimpse into who they are. And I I adore asking it. So tell everybody. It's funny, because I remember you asking me that when we were walking down the street on our second day. And I was excited to actually share this with somebody, because it's so important to me. You were probably like, that's um, kind of a funny question. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I don't think I had it. To think it was a funny question but um well the very first thing I do every single day is scrape my tongue and it I can't imagine life before my tongue scraper so that's really made a big difference yeah, then I get Gross. a just, yeah, <laughs> big giant glass of water and then I squat and that's very important to setting up really healthy bowel movements and um most days I journal something but actually something I've gotten into in the last three weeks or so is doing the five Tibetans and are you familiar with those? No, tell us. It's it's really cool that these um, ancient like it's this ancient practice um, that comes from Tibet where there are five basically five yoga movements but you start off spinning and you spin up to up to 21 times and every there's five um, poses and you do every one of them um, 21 times um, I'm actually not up to 21 yet. I'm still only on on 10. But you start off spinning, and uh, I'll send you. I'll yeah, send you. Please a, do. It's really, really cool. And so that's like now part of my non-negotiable morning routine. Um, Soon to be mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great. Um, awesome. And journaling. So that'll happen mostly in the morning. Sometimes it happens later on, but that feels like it has to happen, and it's. Um, if I can't think of anything I want to write about, well, gratitude and affirmations happen in that in that time there. Um, and I make myself a giant mug of um, my fire water recipe, which is Yay. so yummy. And I, I can't live without that. And in fact, our gas has been turned off in our building for a few, few days. And I'm actually freaking out about how I'm going to get my hot water. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. But it's... Um, it's a mixture of turmeric, black pepper, ginger, cayenne, fennel seeds, uh, lemon juice, coconut oil, and hot water. And I'm probably missing a couple of other things. And and I sit with that, and it's so oh, it just it makes me so happy every single day when I have that. And then so I'll go to good. yoga. I go to yoga after that and I'll have breakfast when I come back. But that is enough that's, um, you know, very substantial with the, the coconut oil and all the spices and stuff. So it feels really a good way to wake me up and get me going. And mm-hmm. so you, I have love- a, you have a video of that, right, that we can post I below? Do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, perfect. Well, I've been making it. And when I was there with you, she had it in a cute little thermos. And she's like, do you want to try it? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, it's really spicy. But I loved it because I love spicy. But she warned me because it definitely was. That's funny. But it was amazing. Um, 
All right, so now let's go to the evening ritual. So what are some things you do to wind down and relax at the end of a long day? Well, I love my evenings best when I spend them with my husband. And um, we generally cook together or one of us cooks. And um, that's that's definitely a lovely big part of our lives together is our shared meals. Um, I love reading. And one of the things I love... um, I try to do most nights is put my legs up the wall um, because it just really, really helps me relax and and I can't I can't really not do that for the most part with my legs up the wall. Or sometimes I'll put a pillow underneath my bum and put my legs in the air. But legs up are, is really important to me. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. we watch a movie, um, but we have pretty chilled evenings. And um, you know that the the biggest challenge for me is getting everything like the computer and work turned off earlier and earlier because I'm <clears throat> I can be a bit of a workaholic and it's really hard to switch off and just not check in to see how a client is doing or work on something for my cleanse or something like that so I'm try might well I sometimes set myself unrealistic goals so I said that I wanted to start switching it all off by six or seven <laughs> Um, I think if I can get everything switched off by nine, that would still be an improvement. So um, work in progress, the evening stuff. I'm right there with you. And I love legs up the wall. My yoga teacher told me once that it's equivalent to a 20-minute nap if you do it for five minutes. Oh, yeah, I had heard that. I had heard that. I really love it. In fact, um, I'll tell you about this little. I have a, a little game I started in 2010, and it's called the 2010 game. And it's, um, you spend 20 minutes and the computer is off, everything's off. It's generally best done in the morning. And it's 20 minutes of just tackling uh, a project that needs to be done, a, usually a pile of paperwork or a cupboard that needs to be cleaned out or something. But we, these things that we tend to put off because they, we think they're going to take us so long. And we say, okay, 20 minutes. And you set the alarm and after 20 minutes, you're done. And then you spend the next, the 10 part of the game is putting your legs up the wall for 10 minutes. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. It's quite productive, I have to say. Did you just make that up? I made it up in uh, 2010. That and, is uh, so good. <laughs> for a while, I was changing it each year to the 2011, the 2012. I was like, no, I just keep it at the 2010 game. <laughs> I love so, that. That's yeah, super it's pretty, cool. But legs up the wall is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, yeah. So feels so good it really does it's amazing so now I want to know we were just talking before the call about it being spring or at least wanting it to be spring so with that um and with your knowledge I would love to know some nourishing spring staples and any kind of favorite spring you know health practices that are great at this time of year specifically and foods or you know whatever you want to share around that Mm. yeah well we're still waiting for spring to actually happen but we have been having some glimpses of it so it's definitely around the corner um I think one of the one of the things for me that's very simple but um most people forget to do is to take care of themselves by getting flowers in the house Mm. and it sounds like a silly thing really but I think when you bring in flowers it's so good for the soul to look at these beautiful, beautiful life, you know, this, these beautiful vases of life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, right now I have this beautiful bunch of tulips, which are just open perfectly and things like that. And then cracking open the windows and, and making a big deal about changing your bed sheets and, and the, um, the mattress covers and really like all of that stuff, like making a big grand, this is spring statement. Um, in a way, more than just you regularly change your sheets and things. Like I, I like to set these things up at the beginning of each cleanse that I do for my cleansers, but for myself also, and just um, things like changing the cover on my couch and making a statement. Like we go, we're entering a new season, and so that can affect us more than just the weather. Um, <clears throat> doing a big swoop of the closet is another big thing. Just getting rid of clothes that I haven't worn for a long time or just trying to you know get honest with about that kind of stuff um I love visiting the farmer's market but it's funny like you know the second the weather gets um nice we really just want everything to be ready at the farmer's market but the truth is it's it's 
at least June really before we start to see like new produce. So that's always I think surprising to people that I show um, around the market. They're like, "Where's the food? The weather's nice. <laughs> it has to grow." <laughs> um, but really, getting into some like just to start including more and more green food for sure. It's like really good way of, of loving up the liver. And so it's a good time to start bringing in some fresh juices and smoothies. And they're not those things are not always desirable for people during the colder months. So it's a nice time to just bring them in a little bit by little bit. Um, but also honor that it does get cold in the evenings during the spring. So we may have these lovely days. So to really still take care of yourself and wear like scarves and, and things like that. But um, I know that you have seen my fire cider making video. Yes, um, I love it, and I have a horseradish shoot. I'm about. I'm gonna make mine this as soon as I can this week. Awesome! And so I've we'll been post sipping that on video that. below too. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's such a transitional time of year, and so we get warm, cold, warm, cold, and so to 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 remember that it's not all about like you just shed shed all the jackets and coats and sweaters and you go out there you kind of have to like it's a little bit well thinking about the equinox is a good way of looking at it actually it's it's equal day and night it's equal warm and cold and it's trying to find a balance instead of just like stripping down as if it's actually summer in so many ways so I, I like to drink like a little bit of my fire cider every day and um, include some warming foods as well as some cooling foods and things like that so just checking in with the fact that it it's it's about balance. This time of year is very much about balance. Yeah. I really love um, the thing about changing your sheets. I never really thought of that in association with spring. Mm. Well, of course, we do it more often than that. Right, right, right. But, but, yeah, but to, to really make it like maybe a different cover on the top of your bed and, yeah. and just doing it in a in a more in-depth way I think you know it's like and I love to do a big sweep of the house too like every cleanse season I like to do that to go into the corner and think about sort of out with the old and yeah, um, yeah. so it, much of it is symbolic um, more than practical in some ways but it's just it's uh it's honoring milestones in our lives and seasons are a, a form of a milestone as well you know so mm. I love that. It's, it's so good. It makes me want to get jump up and start with my closet, which is on my list for this weekend. <laughs> Yay. Just feels so good, especially the clothes thing for me, just to give away things that are not there. And, and I've, I've noticed for me that, you know, more than anything else in my life, choice stresses me out more than anything. So if I can just do whatever I can to have less choices, and a lot of that for me is getting rid of clutter – Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a happier person. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Um, you reminded me of when we were in um, high school. We well, all through school, we wore school uniforms in the UK. Um, but one day at the end of each semester, we would have a day where you could wear whatever you want, and you paid fifty p or something like that towards a charity of some kind. And that was so stressful, like having to choose something to wear. Yeah. <laughs> that would be considered cool and all of that stuff. It was so stressful. And so sometimes the absence of choice is actually really refreshing. Um, you know, as much as I love choice and freedom and all of that stuff, I, I do love to, uh, sm- like, for example, a smaller menu is nice <laughs> rather than a giant one where you have to think about what you're going to eat, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, it's so true. Even, you know, for me, I've, I, I kind of just, this was kind of something I just really learned this week, but of learned about myself, I guess, is just, you know, the night before, if I choose, you know, what I'm going to do for my workout or my yoga or what I'm going to have for my breakfast and, you know, what I'm going to write about in my journal, what meditation I'm going to do, you know, because I have so many things I like to do in my, my morning routine. And if I can just kind of, even if I, I don't need to like write it down or like make a big deal of it, but and even simple things like choosing what to wear and that kind of thing. It's like, or even the order I'm going to do things in. If I can just kind of think about it the night before, just so in the morning I just have to like press play and do it. It just it really helps me out a lot. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So all right. Well, now I want to know. So how do you balance your relationships with this lifestyle that we live and? 
you know, finding balance between giving people information that, you know, we're so passionate about, but not being too preachy and not overwhelming people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think a lot of it is intuition and kind of checking out where, like where somebody's at when you meet them. This is on a social level, I assume you're speaking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really try not to be preachy at all, and I just and I try not to be judgmental. Um, when I was a school teacher, uh, I had an expression for my kids that was uh, "Don't yuck my yum." And so, if somebody came in with a lunch that another kid found to be horrible, they were not allowed That's to say. Such Ugh. a good one! <laughs> that is such a good one. Oh, it's... I wish someone had told people, you know, <laughs> everyone I meet, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I ran a summer camp and that was, you know, it was pretty much one of our rules of the summer program that I ran, like, don't yuck my yum. And then I was, I just was like, well, I, I actually need this in my in my adult world myself. And it, it's especially true if somebody's like looking at my smoothie and like, oh, that looks disgusting. Because of course, green smoothies are not always green, right? <laughs> but um, on the flip side, I really try not to look at somebody's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and do the same thing and just try to be like, uh, like, okay, that's where that person is at right now. And I, I, I try not to talk too much about my work when I'm not in a work or when I'm, when the environment doesn't make sense, you know. Um, at the same time, I want to walk my talk and just um, be who I am. And if that inspires somebody, that's great. And if not, that's great too. You know, I think I'm more often around people who don't necessarily get what it is that I'm doing, you know, and um, it's okay. I think people just think that I'm a bit of a weirdo or something and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually even have the, like, I'll take that a step further. And I think that, you know, part of it for me was I liked that. Like I liked being different enough and um, and kind of wanted that, but, you know, something that my mentor, you know, who, who I know, you know, Gabrielle Bernstein says is, you know, whatever you put out there is going to come right back at you. And, um, and that was a really big shift for me, I think, because I was so, you know, judging other people for what they were eating and what their choices were unconsciously. I was doing this and, um, you know, and during that time, what was I getting back? Like I was getting people being like, why are you eating that? That's so weird. Sea yeah. Vegetables, you know, and that's what I was getting. And that was hurting me. But I was like, I was attracting that because of what I was putting out there. And it's just, it's just, you know, you got to clean up your own side of the street and, and really just, you know, something else Gabby says is that, you know, if you are talking to a tennis player and, you know, they're a pro tennis player, but like, you don't, you're not into tennis, like, do you want to talk about tennis with them all day? Like, probably not. Like, so they're going to be respectful <laughs> right. and like chat about something you both can like hang out about, you know? So that was a That's big shift that. for me too. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side is, um, I'm, I'm, when people come and ask me for advice or things and I, I'm really trying to not do that outside of my space because I, I feel that I give away a lot of my stuff, um, I don't, I don't, you know, if somebody was going to take what I told them and then go, go act on it, that would be marvelous. But I think, you know, before I was doing this work professionally, somebody would say, I've got this rash or I get these headaches and I would be looking stuff up, giving them all this information and, but it just would not go anywhere. And so I'd prefer not to like put my effort out there, like talking about, well, you could do this or you could try that or when I'm not in my work mode. You know, it's like, I want to say, like, can't make an appointment with me. And, you know, or if you're really serious, we can really talk about this. But it do, it's um, so that's that's sort of on the, the flip side of the same story of just like, please, let's just like not talk about my, my job right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I think that's like that's an important issue, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. I think it really speaks to the importance of the coaching role. Right. Like. I don't think, you know, make when you actually are paying someone to help you, you're way more invested than if you were just asking for help or advice. And then, you know, on the other side of that is, you know, on you, 
you have to be compensated for the work that you're doing. It just is how the world works. And it's something that's like, you know, for you to be able to do more good work, you need to be compensated for it. But also like, it's just, it's just the way it is. And it's just something, you know, you wouldn't have your plum. If you had a friend who's a plumber and he just was over for dinner, you wouldn't be like, Hey man, can you fix my toilet? Like you would pay him to do that. Like that's just how it works. And, (laughs) you know, I think a lot of professions, um, have that to deal with you know I know I have a lot of friends who are designers and it's so easy to say like oh hey man like I need a website can you just like you do that right like just build me that because we're friends (laughs) like no like that's what he gets paid for you know or or you know there's there's lots of examples of that but I think you know in the health coach world or the wellness world or life coaching it's you know a lot of people do that and a lot of people you know I have a lot of friends who are like they want to talk and I love talking to them but it's like a life coaching session every time I mm-hmm. have a conversation and it takes a lot of my energy and I love it and I know I help them but I need to be prepared for that but I think you know the other thing it's like even if I'm having that session with them like since they weren't that invested with you know it being a official coaching they may not get what I was actually giving them in the Absolutely. same way that if it was a technically a coaching session so it's just yep. really speaks to the fact that coaching works for a reason. Indeed, it's really so true, and I think you know it's a it's a it's a fine like dance we have to do because we're all so excited about our work, and when you love your work, you kind of well, we just want to talk about it or share about it or be excited and get other people on board and things like that. So it's a you know it's a it's for us to hold back just as much as it's for people to kind of respect the boundaries. So it's uh it's interesting. It's um. And again, it's another one of those things that's a work in progress, really, and just like we learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, yeah. it's uh, you know it takes a long time, but we get there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you know, with that and these conversations you're having, and especially with new clients and things, what is the biggest health and wellness misconception that you're constantly clearing up for people? Oh my goodness! I think one of the things is that um, you shouldn't eat avocados because they're too fattening. <laughs> Crazy talk. I know. Um, lots of things like that. I think, uh, I think you know, it's interesting because it's been a long time since this was the big fashion um, in, in food. But there's still a bit of a thing about fat and, you know, that like people want to eat sort of drink black coffee and have a dry bagel because it doesn't have fat in it. And I know it's all about marketing and things will be like low fat and no fat and um things like that still really have to be cleaned up for the for the for your average average person i think you know us in this field we we know so much and we forget that not everybody has been studying all this stuff like we have so um that's a big one um i i think mostly though the i the the biggest misconception probably is that there's there is a a kind of diet that works for everybody mm, and you know it really one. yeah it's really we really 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 have to check up with in with bio individuality because we're all so different and a different thing works for us in ourselves a different thing will work for us when we're young when we're old and when we're when it's winter when it's summer and all of that stuff um so certainly we can't say that the, what's going to work for me is going to work for my neighbor and um it's really that is really really important, and that's one of the the biggest things I work with people around. Is like what works for you, yep. whether it's exercise or food or or lifestyle or where you live or what you wear. So many it comes from so many points of view, but it's really really true. Yeah, I mean, I I really have come across that just in my you know small little platform I have of you know these girls, lots of people who you know listen or or do this and they they or I you know I put I have to be very careful of that honestly with like what I post because people are just like what do you do what supplements do you take what do you eat what do you do to work out what do you do for your hair what you know people want that information because and, and I've been there you know when I first started working with a coach all I wanted to know was like everything she ate so I could do the same thing that's yeah. All I wanted to know. What are your recipes? What do you eat in a day? What do you do to work out? And I want to do that because obviously it's working for you. you know? Yeah. Exactly. 
And that's just, that really is something that was a huge shift for me and being like, nobody can tell me, you know, like nobody can tell me what to do. I have to sit and figure it out and it's going to take time and I'm going to have to experiment and I still have no idea, you know, and like there still is not a set answer. And I think that, you know, when you can really understand that and like not be upset by that, but embrace it and be like, that's what's beautiful. That's why we all are different. Because can you imagine if we all looked exactly the same? Like, oh, it'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even my sisters and I, and we all came, we all come from the same place and we have, you know, so much DNA in common that um, you you might even think there we could all eat the same food and the same food would agree with us. But that isn't true at all. You know, one yeah. of my sisters is allergic to chocolate, um, which I can't imagine. Um you know, and they, most of my siblings eat meat and, you know, there's just like, we're all different and we all need different things. And I think that it comes back to checking with the primary food as well. But one of the hardest questions I get is when people aren't really that familiar with the work that I do um, and, and say like, how many, what is, what should exactly should my dinner look like? And it's like, well, not right. quite, can't give you the exact um, precise menu. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, too, to, to look at, you know, as a coach, you know, a lot of people who listen are, are coaches. And I know, you know, one of my best friends had this, had an issue with this. It's like, you know, a lot of times you're coaching clients and you're explaining to them what to do and what, you know, ideas for them. But then they look at you and especially with social media now, it's really easy to look at someone's Instagram and be like, oh, she told me not to worry about this, but I see her putting all these superfoods in her smoothie. Like, how do I, I should do that too because that's what she does, you know? And it's like, not necessarily. Like, maybe it's it's baby steps, but I think it's something that, you know, we all kind of have to be mindful of to, like, watch these things and really look at, like, you know, what do I need? Not what someone says I need, not what a book says I need, not what the internet, that's the biggest one. Um, and just... <clears throat> checking in with like what did you need when you know all you thought about was primary food yeah it's really true I, I think you know, it's very hard I think maybe it's because we all grew up with with fairy tales and the idea that there is a magic wand and you say abracadabra and it's fixed but we would all love to know like this that if we had acai every day we would have so much energy and we would sleep well and you know all this right. and that and it would be so great but it would be so easy and there wouldn't need to be all these different books or coaches or anything like that and you know I think at this point it's starting to become incredibly apparent that um, there is no one size fits all no quick fix yeah yeah and I think the more we talk about that the more people understand that which is great yes exactly all right so let's wrap with some quick fire questions shall we yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you nervous for this part? I am. <laughs> You're going to do great. You're going to do great. Favorite color? Um, I think green. Uh, I have lots of favorite colors, but I'll say green. Okay. Um, favorite yoga pose? Ooh, dancer's pose, entry pose. Oh, I love uh, that. And um, yes, I'll stick with those for now. Yeah. So good. Favorite day of the week? Ooh. I like all days. I can't. I don't have a favorite. Favorite hour of the day? Mm, mornings. I really like mornings. And I especially like when I get up extra early and I have the place to myself while Mike's still sleeping. Mm, me too. It's just like magic time. Yeah. Favorite vegetable? Um, sweet potato, beets, and kale. Mm. Favorite fruit? Um, avocado. Favorite way to relax? I think reading with my legs up the wall. Nice. Um, favorite on-the-go snack? Ooh, probably an apple. I'm not a big on-the-go snacker, but an apple is a good thing for that. Yeah. What's your favorite recipe you've ever created? Ooh, blimey. That is hard. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll say recently I made um, something from Chris Carr's book that was a, uh, like a marinated stir raw instead of a stir fry, and it was delicious. Um, not sure if it's my favorite ever, but my favorite recently for sure. Yeah. All right, so little scenario for you. 
So it's like 7, 8 p.m. You've had a long day. You're beat, but you're super hungry. What do you do when you go in the kitchen? What do you make slash eat? Oh, that would be a miso soup because I can make a really delicious miso in just five or ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So how much do you plan your days or your weeks when it comes to your diet? Or do you just kind of eat how you feel? Um, I don't really plan ahead too much. Um, but I, I get nervous if I'm not going to be home. So I plan then if I'm not going to be home, I'll, I'll, I'll do more investigation or I'll pack my smoothie or whatever lunch I want to bring or something like that. Um, but otherwise I'm, I'm just like in the moment, how do I feel? What does my body need right now for the most part? What is your staple breakfast? What are some things you usually have for breakfast? Is it the same every day? No. Um, I will – well, it's always fire water. That's the same every day. And then I'll have – it could be oatmeal in the winter, um, smoothies very often, uh, fresh homemade juices quite often. Um, Saturdays quite often, Mike and I have um, eggs from the farmer's market. Um so oh, and and lately I've been, we've been having this uh like a rice cake with tahini and miso and avocado and lemon and red pepper flakes mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah what does your ideal day look like Ooh, an ideal day um an ideal day would be 48 hours long <laughs> Me too. really really early um when it's still dark and I would sit in my little corner and write and write and write and then I would have breakfast with Mike, and then um, there would be yoga. There would maybe be a run. Um, I would. There would definitely be reading time. There would definitely be a movie. Um, I'd love to fly to England for lunch, <laughs> with and have lunch with my girlfriends. Um, Oh my goodness! I would maybe knit a little bit. I'd probably spend some time in the podcast studio on knit on the plane. Yeah, there you go. Um, probably watch a movie while knitting on the plane. Um, Pop and, over, hang out with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I would spend some time in the pottery studio and um, this is why my days need my ideal day would need to be very long. <laughs> yeah, me too. Silly answer. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Best answer I've gotten to that question yet by far. Um, what superhero power would you have for a day if you could have one? I would penetrate everybody in the whole world's mind with peaceful thoughts. And so for a whole 24 hours, they would just be thinking about love and peace and kindness. And then they would wake up the next day after my superpowers were over and just have a different way of thinking about the world. So good. I love that answer. It's beautiful. It's so funny because I, I recently had Gabby on and it hasn't aired yet, so you hadn't heard it, but your answer is very, very similar to hers. It's like pretty much exactly what she said that she oh, oh, whisper in everyone's ear and then yeah, really the really this very, very similar. How fun. Yeah. Um what is one food that you eat almost every day? Um, probably avocado. Mm, so good. What is your favorite beauty ritual? Mm. Well, I love making my own things. So, um, like, I love um, my coffee, brown sugar, olive oil, lavender essential oil body scrub. Mm. And I love that. It's one of my very favorite activities and just makes my skin feel nice and it and it just makes me happy and um alongside with that my I make a facial scrub too with oats and rose petals and um lavender flowers and I love that too um Mm. yeah probably those things your products are amazing thank you so amazing favorite movie (gasps) oh um I think it's gonna have to be Amelie do you know um, that? Movie? Yes, and I haven't seen it yet. I've been like wanting to see it forever, but I really need to watch it, don't yeah. I? Please, it's it's just so beautiful. I've seen it so many times, and I never get tired. It's just in every single way, you will fall in love with the the main character, Emily. You really will. Everybody tells me I need to watch it. Like everybody mm. tells me, and now I just absolutely have to. Yeah. Favorite book? 
That's really hard. Um, I love Barbara Kingsolver. She's one of my favorite authors. And right now I'm reading The Secret History by Donna Tartt. I'm she has a new book out that I'm excited about, and I'm hooked to this book. So she's now becoming my probably my second favorite author. Um, but but Barbara Kingsolver so far is just yeah I can't nail down one book, but nice. any, uh, yeah favorite song. Oh oh um, I love music so much. Um, my sister asked me this question. Well, she said, like, favorite song to dance to for yeah. their wedding coming up. And I told her, Benny Goodman's Sing, Sing, Sing. It's like nine minutes long, and it's so beautiful and so happy. And I love running on the treadmill to it. I love dancing around the house. It's the best. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I'm going to put it on after this and jump on my <laughs> trampoline. Yay. Oh, yeah. Do that. It's going to be the best. Yes. Uh, okay. Last question. You knew this one was coming because you listened to me. But what does it mean to live in a wellness wonderland? That's such a sweet question. Um, I think to surround yourself with kind people um, and also to really remember that you are your own best friend and to be sweet and kind to yourself every day by putting in really nourishing, delicious foods and um, being in a, an environment and a home that's really gentle and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think those things are really important and um, letting go of some of, the, of, of some of the things that really stress you out and make you anxious and, or doing the be very best you can to like, at least breathe through those things that we don't really have any control of. And, um, I love you know, it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And you definitely emulate someone who lives in their version of the wellness wonderland. And you've taught me so much. So thank you so much for stopping by mine and thank you to everyone else for listening we'll um we'll have all your links below but is there anything else you want to leave people with um mm, just be sweet and lovely to yourself every single day mm, so good what a great line to leave people with thank you so much everyone for listening bye thank you katie Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Jailbout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.